Hello, and welcome to this episode of On Air with Air Cargo World. I'm your host, Karen Livingston, editor of Air Cargo World. I'm joined today by Charles Kaufman, senior editor of Air Cargo World and our sister publication, Cargo Facts. Welcome, Charles. Hi, Karen. Glad to be here. Thanks for joining today. With 2020 results now coming in from the world's largest freight forwarders like DSV and Kunanagel, and now January and February traffic and rate analysis also available as of this week, we're starting to get a greater sense of the market fundamentals as carriers and forwarders have mostly adjusted to a limited capacity market. Uh, Charles, this week you covered Kunanagel's fourth quarter results uh, where the performance of their air freight division was impressive. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, Karen, sure. I, I, I would be happy to. Uh, you know, so Switzerland-based Kuninagel is is one of the top three forwarders by air freight tonnage uh, transported each year. And, and as you mentioned, their, their quarter four earnings came out last week. And really what was remarkable, uh, not that this has never happened before, but air freight really carried the company for, for the quarter. Uh, so if we look at gross profit for uh, Kuninagel's air freight unit, uh, you know, compared to 2019, uh, gross profit rose nearly 17%, uh, delivering earnings before interest and tax uh, of about $168 million for the unit, which was an increase of 135%. Uh, and this, I, I, would, I will note, is on air freight volumes that were actually 7.5% lower compared to 2020. And if we, we compare this side by side with Kuninagel's other units, uh, you know, earnings were really down for, uh, for the company's other units um, with EBIT down 7.2% for the C logistics division, uh, down 20.5% for road logistics and, and down 60% for, uh, for contract logistics. Um, you know, so the, the forwarder closed the year, uh, with, uh, air freight tonnage of about 1.4 million tons. Uh, this is, this would put it right behind DSV, which is the number two, and they, uh, reported tonnage of about 1.7 million tons in 2020. Uh, now, of course, as as you've written about in in the past few weeks, Kuninagel did just acquire Apex, which uh, last year was the number eleven forwarder with about five hundred and twenty thousand tons. So, you know, combining the two companies will uh, will really put uh, Kuninagel uh, ahead of of DSV and, and and closer to DHL global forwarding. Right. Yeah. Good point. That's uh, that's really going to move them up uh, the the rankings in in a couple of years. So, uh, looking back at the the gross profit on the air freight side, uh, what was driving that during the most recent quarter? Yeah, definitely quite a confluence of, of factors. I would say, uh, as we've reported about extensively, uh, there still is a, a major lack of belly hold capacity. Uh, you know, Kuninagel said that uh, you know by their measure. Air freight or belly hold capacity was was still about ninety percent lower compared to twenty nineteen levels, uh, with intra Asia capacity really being the only uh, bright spot. The, uh, the you know the only trade lane that has has recovered, and of course, um, you know, much of the the air freight that is moved is, is or by forwarders, I should say, is 
is along some of those long haul routes, you know, either on, on Trans-Pacific or Asia to Europe lanes. Uh, but belly hold capacity uh, is, is a major factor here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then according to uh, Detlef Trefsker, the uh, CEO of, of Kuninagel, um, you know, it really was was partially the result of uh, of instability on the the ocean side. Um, you know, so very high high rates, um, constrained ports, uh, and and low capacity or or just uh, uncertainty uh, on on that front really drove modal shift to air for uh, for some of those time sensitive shipments that needed to make it to market ahead of uh, the. The December peak, you know, ahead of Christmas. Um, another factor is really the mix of cargo that moved last year. Um, you know, there were larger, um, larger volumes of um, of medical supplies, high value, time critical medical supplies, um, and then also industrial commodities that were were being transported to alleviate supply chain. Uh, shortages and and whatnot. So, um, you know, this pushed out some some of the the traditional mix of commodities that we see moving by air. So, um, Kuninago mentioned that the perishables portion of the total volume they 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 moved by air uh, in in the final quarter of 2020 was was reduced uh, relative to the rest. Right. Yeah. It is important. To uh, to keep in mind, even though we're focused on the air freight side, that uh, that ocean logistics are also really capacity constrained right now, and uh, so we are hearing anecdotally that that perishables, you know, may be struggling on some routes for capacity against other commodity types right now. And um, in in the most recent uh, Baltic Air Freight Index analysis, uh, they've noted significant backlogs exist across the entire air freight supply chain right now. And that that is, of course, what's driving this demand for some of the solutions we're seeing entering the market, uh, such as new charter routes and, and additional passenger freighter operations. Back to, uh, to Kuninagel, uh, they also touched on their first quarter so far uh, during, during their recent earnings. So how does that compare with, uh, with Baltic's analysis? Yeah, good question. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily a comprehensive report at, at this point, but uh, you know, I'll kind of uh, just generally speaking, it, volumes are are still looking healthy in in quarter one, uh, especially compared to 2019. Um, I, I think we're going to see that many companies are going to avoid doing year over year comparisons with with 2020 uh, simply because of the disrupt the COVID related disruptions that uh, that we saw last year, um, and and so. Demand uh, is up in, in general over over 2019, and then you know, Kuninagel in and of itself says that they've uh, they've won some new business contracts. Um, they were awarded additional contracts in in the uh, second and third quarters of, of 2020, and so that that is continuing to drive growth uh, into 2021. Yeah, and as the capacity crunch you know, continues and, you know, with the, the healthy demand dynamic, what is the rate situation and, and spot market looking like these days? Well, of course, January and February, as, uh, as you know, are typically kind of unusual months uh, as the, uh, the Lunar New Year holiday approaches. And, and this year that began on, on February 12th. And that, that normally coincides with a peak season uh, for the first quarter for air freight. 
kind of looking looking back at, at the Baltic analysis and some conversations we had with forwarders last month going into the holidays, this, this was an unusual holiday uh, just a bit because typically, you know, factory production shuts down. There's, you know, almost a complete drop off in, in capacity during the holidays. The, the expectation this year was that at least some production would continue, and that does seem to be the case, but uh, it wasn't the same level that it was typical early in the month. So rates did moderate in, a, in Baltic's analysis of week seven through nine uh, for the quarter with uh, production slowing down. So uh, looking at Hong Kong to North America spa rates, for example, they uh, they dropped by about 25% to an average of about $4.93 per kilogram U.S., which of course is still significantly above the levels for 2020, about 53% above. Looking at the most significant drop in rates uh, from the Lunar New Year peak to the end of the month, that was the the Shanghai to U.S. trade lane, uh, which was down 38%. And then uh, Hong Kong to U.S. for that time uh, dropped initially by 22%. But then uh, rates recovered late in February, so they were only down by about 14% overall. Still, of course, very, very high rates year over year. And uh, more more airlines and freight forwarders are starting to uh, to make projections around the recovery, which I believe Kuhn and Nagel did in, in their earnings. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. And it's it's I, I think it really echoes that what you've um, you've you've seen in the the Baltic uh, index reports you know there's you know relative relief but uh not not necessarily compared to uh historical precedents and you know again a, a lot of this depends on uh, the recovery trajectory of passenger aviation because forwarders traditionally have have uh, relied heavily on on the belly hold to uh to move uh you know around 50% of of their their shipments um, that are moving by air, and so with uh, with passenger with international um, passenger aviation, you know, not really expected to recover before uh, 2024, 2025 at the earliest. Um, you know, it's 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 some some ways off before we see um, you know a major change in this this situation. Kuninagel isn't really expecting much in terms of of. Uh, rate relief for or or a change in um the the high yield dynamic until until 2022 and and even then th- there isn't an expectation that it's it's going to be a, a dramatic reduction right it does seem to be a bit of a, a slow return to to normal belly freight capacity although uh some promising conversations i've had with with combination carriers recently have noted that they are able to use the support from the higher air freight rates to kind of subsidize uh, expanding their passenger capacity on on some routes. Uh, so uh, looking back at uh, the Baltic analysis and kind of what it what it tells us about uh, rates now and in the months ahead, uh, one of the most interesting uh, parts of that analysis to me was kind of the the volatility within the month, as we saw with you know, the higher rates that then dropped during the holiday and and recovered toward the end of February. So given the much higher pricing levels uh, combined with this volatility, uh, this this really stands to have a major impact on uh, on freight forwarders 
who may be looking for for spot rates in the market. And uh, it it seems like this the spread of spot rates is likely to to remain quite high, which kind of makes up to date pricing information very important for for those who are who are in the spot market right now. There's so much variance even between origins in the same region as we saw with uh, Shanghai and and Hong Kong, as as well as week over week. And uh, I believe that uh, the Baltic analysis mentioned that rate negotiations between shippers, forwarders, and carriers have been just extremely short-term so far this quarter on a weekly or or even a per-shipment basis. So um, one element that, that kind of stood out to me in the analysis is, is the note that kind of the lack of available capacity is driving increased interest for more freighters. Uh, and the February analysis noted that the passenger to freighter conversion market is picking up. And that's something that uh, you cover, of course, very closely on, on cargo facts. And as the Baltic analysis noted, there are only so many conversion slots available. So can you um, maybe give us a bit of insight on what the outlook is for more capacity into the market from, uh, from converted freighters in the near term? Oh, I uh, can't say that I was expecting a, a freighter <laughs> question, but I will, I'll definitely take it. Uh, yeah, so if we look at the, you know, the, the number of, of parked aircraft, you know, why don't we just convert them and, uh, you know, alleviate the the lack of freighter capacity and, and address that immediately? Well, it's 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 not that easy, uh, as you as you mentioned. There's there's certainly uh, a lag between, uh, you know, that that initial decision to convert an aircraft and mm-hmm. um, actually adding capacity to the market. And it, you know, if we if we go back to pre pre COVID, even there was there was quite a lot of pent up demand for for conversions, particularly on the the narrow body side, because we had all of these these new programs, and we write about these uh, extensively in Cargofax, the the seven three seven NGs and the uh, A three twenty one family conversions, uh, and many of the the aircraft that um, you know are are now in today's market decent candidates for, for conversion, uh, they were tied up in, in passenger service because of the, the 737 MAX grounding. And so there was you know, kind of a shortage there. I, you know, without getting into it too much, I, I would say that you know, right now, most conversion houses and OEMs that, that manage conversions, they are you know, almost universally either very tied up working on new programs or uh, are in the process of, or, or have recently set up uh, additional conversion capacity for their their existing programs. You know, Boeing has has added capacity for its seven six seven AEI, which converts you know, the seven three seven classics and and other narrow body aircraft has has uh, set up new lines in in Canada and in in China. You know, pretty much every every major program has has added new lines, and even with that additional capacity. Good luck getting a slot. I mean, I, I would say at this point, even in, in 2022, is 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 quite difficult. Most of those those uh, conversion slots are are accounted for, you know, by a- Amazon as a major customer, but uh, also the carriers that fly on on behalf of the major express carriers. Um, a major fleet modernization is is underway, and you know, that was the case before COVID, and it, it continues to be the case. And you know, not only are we facing the capacity crunch, but uh, also we're, we're seeing uh, booming demand for, for e-commerce and 
know, that, that uh, creates a healthy dynamic for uh, time-sensitive express deliveries that um, brings the, the narrow-body freighter fleet into, uh, into service. But unfortunately, it sounds like no new uh, flood of capacity into the market from converted freighters. No, there's there's no, there's no switch. I mean, they, they do have there are um, a number of temporary solutions. Uh, you know, so we've seen that the passenger freighters, which is essentially using a passenger aircraft uh, on its own, and, and and some airlines have been successful in removing seats and and operating their fleet as as a you know, a package freighter, but it's, it's, it's not quite the same as a, as a freighter. So, so no. Okay. Well, that wraps up our, our conversation for today, but thanks again, Charles, for joining me for this episode of On Air with Air Cargo World. Yeah, sure. Anytime, Karen. And thanks also to our listeners and to Air Cargo World's readers. Download and listen to this podcast and other episodes at aircargoworld.com and on iTunes and Spotify. 